and welcome to the Gig Stories podcast. This is episode 5004. <laughs> I think that's about right, isn't it? 5004? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I reckon. It's great as always to have you with us and thank you for your comments uh, on our last episode, which, let's be honest, was an absolute belter. Matt Fraser. What? What an incredible... I've listened to it a couple of times uh, since as I've just been doing work. He's amazing, isn't he? Yeah, and I'm really enjoying his his playlist. It's just full on. It's absolutely full on. I've added another couple, actually. Oh, have you? Yeah. Get, get on there. If you don't know, we do mention it quite a bit, but if you don't know about the playlists, make sure you get to our website because we, we want this podcast to be a bit more than just coming here and listening to these episodes. So go to the website and each guest has their own page and on there we put pictures and videos that are related to the our conversations. But also between us, Chris and I put together a playlist. Things, bands and songs that our guests mention or are part of. And yeah, you are right. Matt's is is, is quite is quite the playlist. And it was also uh, it was also nice. Uh, I had a message uh, from someone talking about Dennis's Dennis Lawson's saying that they knew like me didn't know much about jazz uh, and it's been quite an education they've been listening to the playlist and have really enjoyed that so it doesn't matter whether our guests are, uh, are related to or play in a genre of music you like you know it's, it's a great way to educate yourself absolutely absolutely so what have you been up to this week well I must bring up <laughs> um, so Tim's Twitter listening party last week was an album by a teenage fan club and um, back in the day, as they say, um, I was in a band called Nimbus, this kind of jazz how, funk how outfit. How back in the day? How back in the day, Chris? Well, 1998, oh, 97, that is, 98. That is back in the day. Yeah, pre-internet. Pre-internet. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that makes me feel sick. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine? This sounds lovely. Um, but um, we played on the same bill as Teenage Fan Club. And wow. it was called the Longest Day Festival. It was in Kelvin Grove Park in Glasgow. And it was a really interesting lineup. So Teenage Fan Club headlined. Um, my band were playing. There was a band called Astrid. There was a band, well, there was The Bathers, um, Speeder, Toaster. Yeah, there's some, some names All there. The th- yeah, All the years. Th- well, yeah, I think one of the bands, I can't even work out which one it was, but featured one of John Lennon's children. I can't I, I can't what? even remember which one it was. Yeah, they. I think they, they got quite well known for a couple of months because of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so I, I kept a couple of reviews from there. And so I'll just read you a couple of little bits. Um, oh, so, because this was what, great. What is this review from? Where are you reading um, this from? I can't even work out where these are from. Like, I think one of them was, paper, yeah, I think um, the list was one, you know. Oh, you yes. Know yeah, list? Yeah. yeah. So one was the list. I can't remember. But um, let weird. me see. Where's Nimbus? Where's Nimbus? Uh, so this was a good one. But it's not until the arrival of Nimbus that the atmosphere vaults permanently from balmy restlessness to that of genuine abandoned festivality. Spe- <laughs> Right, no, it gets better. Um, spearheading a free-form prog beard-tugging jazz revival, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Nimbus possess an almost supernatural ability to have everyone dancing along like acid-ravaged whirligigs. <laughs> See, that's a good review. We were banging. Is that a good review? I think that, it is. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I missed I, I all those words. Well, and you, There's a lot of words I mean, in there. There's a lot of words in, in an order. Yeah. Then there was another one which said, Nimbus's rhythmic jazz funk kept up a driving pace throughout numerous solos and got people up on their feet even when the sun stayed stubbornly behind the clouds. Yeah. That, that another... That another is a belt. Yeah. But then... Can you, remember the, can you remember the audience, though? Can you remember the audience reaction? Was that pretty much it? Did it, you, it, it was feeling like yeah they're liking this thought we nailed it yeah thought yeah. we absolutely nailed it then i went online and googled longest day kelvin grove park yeah. and uh, yeah and then found this belter nimbus offered some welcome variety with their mainly instrumental jazz funk but they too flattered to deceive in a set overladen with saxes <laughs> right, so, overladen with saxes. Guess who was the only sax player in the band? Yes. What were you playing three or four at a time, or what? It was just the one sax, but it was well, overladen out your mouth, with it. Out your ass. Yeah, it was overladen with it, and so I'm just wondering. I'm just going to check any bands out there. What is the longest between having a gig? And then actually reading a, a shit review of it. <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. In it, I hadn't. Brilliant. I've got so that, that and that was in the, the Glasgow Herald. I, mean, um, I saw this band last night, Nimbus, right? And they must have been, there must have been thirty, forty saxophone players yeah. on, on at the same time. It was. I mean, I'd say it was overladen. It was overladen, and if I'm honest, it flattered to deceive. <laughs> which, which I've never understood as a phrase, never. <laughs> but um, anyway, fair play. You know, if you put yourself out there, you take the good reviews, oh. you take the bad reviews. But yeah, any band members, any musicians out there, if you've <laughs> had a gig and then not read any reviews and then found a review, well, this is 23 years later. <laughs> that, that's what I love. That is what I love about this, is that you yeah. just found it now. Yeah. Oh, that's made me uh, that that has really made me laugh actually. <laughs> well, I'll put the reviews on there on the on the website just, you know, cuz I tell you what, I tell you what else has made me laugh. And I I I don't know. I mean, we might be uh I, I think this might be a friend of yours uh, on Twitter, Ian B. Mr. Peevely, is he a friend of yours? No, but he's just found the pod and uh, he's a fan oh, really? of the pod and he's, oh, and he's working he's his way he's working his way through the, the, the episodes on his on his dog walks, I think. So nice and, one of you. And he, he he's tagged us in some things that have been relevant because obviously we all know I'm Mr. Mannix fan and um they've released a, a new single and they've got an album coming out and a, a tour in the autumn, uh, which is great. More and more bands announcing, let's hope, you know, we get to these tours. And he tagged us in on Twitter at Gig Stories Pod. Dad joke man. And he's put, I'm planning on taking the Manic Street Preachers for a tour of Norfolk market towns and all being well, rural areas northwest of London. If they tolerate this, then the Chilterns will be next. <laughs> it's just hit the sweet spot with you, hasn't it? It's absolutely <laughs> your, yeah. 
nailed on that one. And then Geordie Alex followed that one up, which is a great one. And and put there was a story in the enemy in the late nineties about and this person's put the Scotch band. I mean, is that correct? Scotch band? Yeah. Let's go with Scottish. But um, yeah, yeah, it's Scotch. Um, Yeah. It's like when Americans say to me, Oh, you're Welch? And I'm like, maybe about the scottish band bis who were supporting the manics and i do i do remember those gigs and they knocked over a table full of drinks the ensuing spillage wrecking a load of the manics kit the headline in the enemy was if you tolerate bis then your keyboards will be next (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it so keep keep messaging us and you know we're all over social media facebook twitter instagram at gig stories pod so our guest yes he's magic he, he absolutely is magic and I, I i was vaguely aware of him on social media and then i've got to admit it was then mr goff badly drawn boy every monday he would tweet monday night magic mod monday night magic mod and i'm like all right and and through lockdown magic mod today's guest uh kept me entertained with his with his wonderful with his wonderful magic and i just thought he was uh, a magician and in his you know his personal life he was he was a mod but he's been on tour and is very much uh, in in the music world in the music business and finding out that he's been on tour with paul weller the libertines blew my mind so we had to have him on and it was uh, it was quite the chat wasn't it Oh, it was great. What a lovely fella. And um, just kind of, it's really interesting speaking to somebody who is an absolute master of the game and something that, that I really didn't know much about. And we we talk a bit about that and how he how he likes to do his magic and his influences and um, and then also uh, playing at gigs. Because, yeah, I, I found it quite staggering that, that he was able to do magic for a music crowd which absolutely you know some gigs uh, must be really difficult crowds to to win over when they are there specifically to hear a band and then you get a guy on stage doing magic um, doing magic i think you'd i think you'd mentioned you'd you'd mentioned earlier on uh, in uh, in the podcast um in the 90s when there was a bit of a spate of some of the alternative comedians supporting bands and how difficult that must have been and for me this the thought of uh, having a magician support supporting a band is sort of in the same vein like that that's quite a tough thing to do yeah i mean i know that i mean i compared it to poets so the likes of john cooper clark was obviously mm. massively in the in the punk scene and um, yep. the likes of um, jb barrington and um uh, dave our kid um yep. you know th- there is there is a history of poets supporting bands and being kind of intrinsic to the music scene, but it's the first time I've heard of um, a magician being part of that kind of that kind of setup. So yeah, really interesting to hear him talk. It's great, about that. and he's got some great stories. And and you should obviously you've made it this far. I'm sure you're going to listen to the whole episode. But I do love his birthday anecdote about uh, the madness gig. It's yeah. It's just, it's just lovely, lovely. So I'll stop talking and introduce you to the Magic Mod. Enjoy.
Yes, welcome to the vehicle, which allows two friends to hide in their respective attics with a drink, a microphone, and a guest. Yeah, the guest isn't in the attic, currently on Zoom. Excitedly chatting the night away about live acoustics, fancy bands, used ticket stubs, and £5 knockoff t-shirts from outside the venue after a gig in the 90s. We've all done that, haven't we? If we were old enough. It's the Gig Stories podcast. I'm Alex, and he is not. I am Chris. How are you doing? Yeah, I am good. I'm good. And I'm, uh, I'm very excited about this. So, Chris, do me a favour. Yeah. Tap your microphone three times and say the magic word. I don't know the magic word. What's the magic word? Don't know. I was I was wondering what you were going to make up. As if by magic, this week's guest appears. It's the magic mod. Magic mod, how are you? What an intro. Love that. Fantastic. We could tell we've rehearsed that. Yeah, it was silky that, wasn't it? Oh, smooth. Smooth, mate. I mean, I'm, I'm just disappointed that Chris didn't have a magic word. I was wondering what he was going to say. Is magic word the same as safe word? <laughs> Got to get this question out of the way first. What do we call you? Do we call you Madge? Magic? Mod? <laughs> MM? Ben? Magic Ben? Madge. Do you know what, right? That's funny. That's funny, right? Because yeah, my dad got his own landscaping firm. And years ago, uh, when I was sort of up and coming with the magic, I, I used to work under my dad and, and uh, helping him out. And a lot of people on the building sites used to call me Madge. And I thought that's really good. Like, but then it stuck. And, and then, like, it used to stick when I was going out in the pub, like, hey, all right, Madge? I'm thinking, this is, I've really got to shake this off, you know, I'll get a new bunch of friends. <laughs> but it, normally people call me Mod. I, I've been called Fulham because of obviously supporting Fulham. Um, my mum calls me Ben. She calls me Benjamin when I'm in trouble. Yes. Yeah, you know, there's also, I've been called a lot over the years, but some I can't really say over the, uh, over the airwaves, as they say, but just call me Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I like them match. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so how, how are you doing anyway, mate? How's things been going? That's a loaded question, that really, isn't it? You should have said, how's tricks? Do you know what? I, I got loads of those cliches written down. I thought, I can't keep doing them. It, like, I've already got a bad enough reputation for dad jokes. D- d- don't worry. You, knock a, you team me up and I'll knock them out of the park, all right? No, it's true. In fact, you've stopped there. A huge congratulations. So in, w- within your answer, obviously we're all in lockdown and you've been doing uh, Monday nights with Magic Mod on Twitter. And uh, it, it's Damon, it's Badly Drawn Boy that got me hooked uh, on your, your, your Monday night Magic Mod. If you haven't seen it... And you're listening to this get on twitter follow magic mod madge mm mod bm and join in for the monday night trick but two weeks ago what a trick that was you revealed at the end a little scan little scan of a baby you are gonna be the mod father two the mod father times two isn't it you know there's only i would love to be the original one but uh yeah when, that's unbelievable isn't it i mean it's just amazing to me that's the real trick you know to bring in like, a new life into this world that's that's real magic for me and it was I thought I couldn't do it like anyone else. You know, sometimes they just hold up a little scan photo. And I was like, I can't. I've got to do something better than that. <laughs> but, um, so obviously I did this trick. And I, I wanted to do one because we got a, a scan again next month for if it's a boy or a girl. I've got this really good trick in my head. And I was <laughs> running it through with a missus. And she's like, no, I don't want to find out. I was like, oh, come on, please. But she's like, it's the only surprise you really get in life, isn't it? You yes. know, is, is it? And I was like, I respect that. So I said, when it's born, can I like cut and restore the umbilical cord and like film it? And, like, <laughs> <"Hey, no." laughs> well, like the cutting the rope in half. Yeah, and then I like, print it back. I think that would be awesome. I think that's, I mean, it's got viral clip all over it, hasn't it? Vile. 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 <laughs> yeah, vile and viral. <laughs> nah, but. 
I did have this. I might as well. I might as well tell you now, anyway, because I'm not going to get a chance to do it. But, but you know, it's not. I'm not upset about it because, as I said, you know, you, there, there is really only one surprise in life, isn't there? And I think it, I can't wait. It doesn't bother me if it's a boy or a girl because whatever it is, I'm gonna. I'm gonna just be over. Do you think? Um, do you think your child, boy or girl, do you think they'll be born wearing a parka? Uh, do you know what? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pop out on one of them little Vespers as well. He's <laughs> 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 yeah, just amazing, really, isn't it? Like I, I, we're so we're so proud, you know, me and the team. We're so we're so pleased and proud because we, you know, we really have got a fantastic friendship and and you know a big love for each other. I'm not just saying that because she's paid me and she's in the room. No, I told him I said that, all right? <laughs> but, uh, nah. And um, you know, it's great to get on with someone and, and to spend the rest of your life with them and, and have a little friend as well because that's it's going to be amazing. And to the best thing, the thing I'm looking forward to is getting like kids magic sets again and going through them because obviously I had one when I was a kid and I just I'd, I'd love to you know you sort of you you go back in time again didn't you and I think that's going to be amazing Paul Daniels yeah, magic set. yeah I, 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 I had a, I got a couple of them in there because I, I I got my one in the 90s but then he brought out some in the early 80s and obviously I, I couldn't find them and I found a site uh, I'm sorry. I found a bloke on on eBay who was selling all the old stuff, and I just I just rinsed the lot. I just got every single one. Yeah, I was going to say you kind of um, forget how good Paul Daniels was. He was he was the master, and the, I remember watching a, a documentary about him, um, and it kind of really brought it. Is that with Louis Farouk? Um, no, it wasn't that one. It was one where so he was kind of relatively unknown in america and he went across in the um, early 2000s or mid 2000s and just did these small magic clubs where nobody knew him certainly the punters didn't probably the other magicians would have done and he just slayed them all he was just so good and um and it just showed that you know he, he may have been kind of a big big fish in a small pond in in the uk but when he was doing it in in the states they, their minds were blown um, I just sort of how good he was. He was a league on his own, mate. Honestly, like I say that, I say it all the time, really, because I don't say it just because I'm, you know, it's a word I throw around. He really was like growing up an inspiration when I got the magic set, and and when I saw him live, I uh, was in Burgess Hill. Somehow, cut long story short, I just emailed the his actual website, and he and he agreed to meet me after the gig, and I was like, oh come on, this is going to be unbelievable. And I was actually like starstruck because for me, I've, I've met literally, as I say, I've met, all, I've been so fortunate enough to meet all my heroes. But when I met him, I generally had like a little t- tear in my eye. I was like, oh, shit, I can't do this. <laughs> I, honestly, because it, that's the reason I become a magician, you know, like it would be like a youngster meeting his hero in football. It was just an, an unbelievable feeling. And we had a good chat and I said to him, this is gold. I said to him, oh, I'm a magician as well. And he said, you want to get your head looked at, mate? And I said, well, funny enough, I bought one of your magic sets. And, and then he went, go on. I said, any chance of a refund? <laughs> <laughs> I hope he gave you a tenner. <laughs> no, he was like, we, it was just one of them, because he, he's got one of them sense of humours. And he, he just, we only had about maybe 10 minutes to 15 minutes but for me that was enough because he wasn't he wasn't rude he's everything I wanted it to be you know it was a lovely moment and I, I, it's one I, I'd never ever forget I love that and you know what I'm looking forward to I, and I hope this isn't just a lockdown thing magic mod on Monday on Twitter oh, God, I no. hope that in five years six years time 
we're going to have Monday night magic mods, and you've got your oh, yeah, little, little mini mod, little mini mod with his. Let me just write that one down, boys. Yeah. Let me write that one down. <laughs> mini magic mods. <laughs> <laughs> MMM, triple M. The magic mod for the night. I don't know. I'm forcing there. Anyway. But I have thought of some good ones. Like I thought of like honestly, because my head goes like. So I can't concentrate because all I think about it's going to sound so stupid but it, literally all I do think about is like tricks to do and new tricks to develop and last night I was waking up at like one o'clock in the morning and, and I've got this big book right by my bedside so I don't have to walk far and I thought I've just thought of a good trick to do So when you, you were saying there that you you um, you've got ideas for for magic tricks all the time, I just because it's not something that I'm um, I, I I've got no no background in magic. I don't I don't really know the ins and outs. I enjoy it when I see it. But are there kind of a, a set number of kind of basic nuts and bolts tricks that then it is your responsibility as an individual magician to then put your own spin on, or are you literally invent you know, inventing new new tricks from scratch. I mean, it's a bit like playing guitar, you know, there's there's a lot of chords, but, you know, there's basic chords and then there's, you know, advanced ones. And it's the same as in magic, you know, there's 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 tricks that people could pick up and learn in, in 10 seconds, you know, if they wanted to entertain people, or not 10 seconds, 10 minutes, if they want to entertain people at a family, um, like a family gathering or something. But then if you really, really want to take it onto a bigger scale, there is some tricks that take, you know, some of them it took me months to learn like even to the point where it, it was you know there's a special way of holding a deck of cards and you have to sort of train your hand to get into that position all the time or with the coins when you're um you're, you're like manipulating the coins to make it look like you've got two in that hand and three you know it takes takes a long long time to do yeah you see, I, I i still i used to practice every day i'd like a rotor when i was first really getting into it and i used to do about four to five hours a day religiously religiously yeah, and now it's got to the point where all through the day I'm just picking up a deck of cards and messing about and, and trying new stuff. And as I say, in my head, I'm, I'm constantly thinking of what tricks to do for whether it be a stage show when hopefully I'll be back there soon or if it's to do with the Magic Mod Monday. And uh, this week I want to try and do a Paul Daniels chop cup one he done with a cup and the ball. But the thing is, it's so fast. Like the way he does it, he's done it like he's doing it so fast. I, I can't do it that fast, and I don't certainly want to um, tarnish the trick that he's done. I don't want to compare myself to the trick that he's done, but I want to do a similar effect. I suppose with that trick as well, it's not just about the physical action because you you kind of it's about the patter as well. It's mm. almost as much about the patter and kind of maintaining eye contact and do you know what I mean? You're kind of throwing people yeah. guessing that that's quite a lot of um of your work is that kind of throwing people's concentration all over the place so that you can get to the the finish line you, do you know what i mean is that is that fair to say yeah it's like a performance well of course it's a performance but it's like a um, it's like a story as i say to everyone you know the trick is 10 percent, believe it or not and the other 90 is the story of how to how you're coming across with the trick you know you know because if i said to you right you pick a card put it in the middle well, let's jump up to the top that's three seconds and that's boring you you overdo it you go right so yeah i'll take any cards you want and then you pull it and you're telling the story as you're doing it and you're hooking them into it 
And the way I do it is I like, I like people to think that I've got the trick wrong. I love that, you know, because you get them out. Everyone wants to see the magician fail. You know, yeah. it's one of them things where they think, oh, come on, look at, look at this flash bugger. You know, I'd love it if you got it wrong. And when I do gigs, I do tricks where it looks like I've got it wrong and I get them all out of like comfort zone. They're like, hey, he's just like one of us. And then I end up pulling a card out of somewhere else, you know, and then, you know, then Cork's big fun of a round of applause and laughing and that and but that's just my sort of style i love the performance because it's theater isn't it and, of course and, it is. and yeah for me it is you know i i get the same kind of feelings that i do if i'm at live music you know i'm wedging it in there but i, I want to talk about the music with you and and obviously you are magic mod oh yeah so it'd be interested to find out what came first was it i was thinking because it's it's one of three things it'll be either the music you you started to love the music it was the look you started you'd start to see people dressed you know the, the mods the mod fashion is is almost as part of uh, as big a part of it as anything or did you just watch quadrophenia <laughs> i did mate I did at a young age and I shouldn't have really. It was always the magic first because I was really young age. And my mum had a, um, going into how I got into the mod look, my mum had these, um, she had this double, like uh, it was a, what do you call it? Like a box set and it was Tommy and it was Quadrophenia. And I remember on looking on the video and it was all these, like all the mods standing together around like half the target. And I was just so interested and they're looking at. So anyway, one day I decided to watch it. I think I was only about eight or nine. I can't remember. Got a bit of a bollocking for putting it on as well because I think it was a 15 <laughs> or an 18. I can't remember now. But, you know, she wasn't happy. But I, I just kept on... I used to hide... I used to take the video and hide it. And then I, I had a video player in my room and I used to watch it. And I was just so... I loved... The first thing that really hit me was the music, just the, the Who's sound and, and how... When it when it come through at the beginning of It's Can You See The Real Me? Can ya? Can ya? And then the... <laughs> I was like, whoa, like... It just sent shivers all down me. I was like, all right, who's this? Because even though I was young, I, I was listening and I was each time I was sort of memorising the song and I loved it. And then um, I managed to get my mum to buy me some music and it, was, it wasn't The Who, it was the jam, I think the album was Setting Suns on wow. CD. That, sorry, no, it was vinyl should know that because it's up on the uh it's, it's in my box somewhere i managed to get because my mum had a vinyl player and i and and she went out and i said could you get me some of this mod music or probably <laughs> somewhere along them lines because i thought it was that and she come back with a jam and, and uh i was that was it i was hooked mate i was absolutely hooked on it i loved everything to the point where i wanted to try and get as many albums of this mod music as i could you know at a young age and i was listening to the small faces the kinks and then i went on to a period where i liked a bit of punk so i went into the clash i used to really love the clash the story behind that is i went to a fulham game once the team come out to london calling by the clash and i didn't know what the song was all i heard was I was, I was humming it all day and I was like I've got to find out what this song was and uh, I managed to find out and then I bought the best of the clash and it had that on it and uh, <laughs> I remember once I took my mum's hi-fi from downstairs and I managed to get it into my room and I put this clash album on and I blazed uh, London calling on like to the point where I, I, I was reenacting me being in the stadium at Fulham. <laughs> I've turned it up so loud. I've had my windows wide open. And uh, next thing you know, the neighbours are coming around knocking on the door saying, <laughs> look, it's a bit loud. You know what I mean? You want to turn it in. And I was only about 
about 11 or 10, 11 or something like that. But I, I just always had a, I always loved music. And I think if it's good enough, you can play it loud, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, you know. I mean, if I'm enjoying it, I want, the, I want like 12 streets near me to enjoy it as well. <laughs> exactly. I love I love that you sort of, it, it came from that quadrophenia and, and the mod look. Because I actually did Panto with Mark Wingett. Was in, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we, we'd pop out for lunch or anything like that. Everywhere we went, we'd be bombarded by people. It was never about is fifty thousand years on the bill. No, it was all about oh, quadrophenia, quadrophenia. And it, you know, asking him about, do you still wear a coat? Do you still wear a parka? And I'm like, what a random thing to say. Yeah, you know, what a random thing to say. And so it, it's it's one of those things where you cannot dress like a mod. And, no. and nothing about music so you started there you got your mum yeah. buying you buying you the music when did live music start for you then were, were your parents did, did you grow up in house with both your parents yeah yeah me and my mum and dad we used to dad was he liked mod music but he liked to be a rock and roll as well so early memories of music as well as was your house split in in between mods and rockers no 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 my, dad, <laughs> my dad's just um you know my dad likes a bit of everything he loves the music i listen to you know of course and he's got a parker and that but he loves the old rock and roll as well but he's uh i think he's just a bit confused so and that's all right <laughs> i like that i'm okay with that so were he were they going to gigs yeah, oh god, yeah, they used to go to gigs. They've they've seen some phenomenal people. I think they were telling me stuff about they saw Jimi Hendrix, he performed in Crawley and I can't think what the year was, but he, he performed at the older leisure centre. Yeah, they, like even I thought, no, you're pulling me on there, like you're winding me up. But I think because I had to Google it, I'm sure it was the old Crawley Leisure Centre, Jimi Hendrix come down and played. They saw the jam at uh Leisure Centre. They used to go to a lot of gigs and then my dad liked his um he liked a bit as as I said, he he was interested in uh, Lonnie Donegan, so I got really into Yes. Like skiffle and that. I used to love Lonnie Donegan to the point I said, like I said to the missus, if it's a boy, I'm naming it Lonnie because I love that Are you word. Like, yeah, proper. Yeah, because I used to listen to Lonnie Donegan. I thought he was fantastic because he was really he inspired so many people. I mean, I was, you know, to, even John Lennon was inspired by a bit of Lonnie Donegan. Oh from yeah, the absolutely. books I've been reading, you know, and and he was um he sort of was the first. Well, yeah, he was sort of like the first real rock and roll sort of what's the word i'm looking for genius in 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 some respect because the the music he was performing was was brilliant i mean some of the songs like uh, the battle of new orleans the way he and even rock island line the way he starts off slow and then gets really fast to where it's like a rap and you're thinking he's not slurring his words or nothing it was just brilliant and i, I was i was hooked on lonnie donegan well alex that's that's not the first time that, that lonnie donegan's come up in a chat either i, no, I can't no. remember who we who we spoke to but certainly uh, lonnie donegan is is, is yeah he's well so well respected and i'd said it was my my dad used to sing me his i'd, I'd be in bed you know be bedtime and my bedtime routine as a little kid was my dad grabbing his uh his guitar and and playing me lonnie donegan songs you know my dad's old lonnie donegan records on vinyl same same. I remember when, when my dad used to take me to Butlins on the way home, because I used to love Butlins for some reason. Looking back now, God knows why, because it weren't really that much, you know. I yes, mean, it weren't, it weren't. It, <laughs> no, I used to enjoy the performances and that, but I mean, to, for, as a kid, what, what else was there, you know? I mean, they had a bit of an ice skating ring and some bowling alleys, and you can have a slush puppy. But other than that, it weren't all that. But Bowling alleys, that's where you got your shoes from. That's where you started as a mod. Steady on. <laughs> <laughs> it's true isn't it you nicked your first pair of bowling shoes from butlins <laughs> i think do you know what actually I, I do think this is true i do think once coming on to that i walked out i did come out uh i was a kid it, of course going back to that because you see even paul Welly uh in that 
album there, all mod cons. Bruce Foxton's got a pair of like the um, jam suit shoes, as I used to call them. And I remember once I, I took my old, I had these, um, they were like Action Man ones and uh, with Velcro, because obviously I can do laces, I still can't. But I remember walking out. <laughs> I remember walking out with, with the bowling shoes on and I thought, I've had a result here. And then we got in the car and my dad went, he's like, what are you doing? I've just bought you some new Action Man shoes. You're coming out in them. So I had to go back and change them back again. But <laughs> I couldn't wait to get a pair. And I've got a few pairs over the years and I managed to get, bought another new pair last year that I was just fresh, absolutely fresh fresh and um that yeah i just love him i mean of course everywhere you go out you get people you know who don't understand the image they take the mick and that but it doesn't bother me because what I, I i like dressing differently if i wanted to dress the same i'd be going to primark wearing what everyone not just slating other brands are available of course <laughs> but you know like I don't want to dress, you know, half the days these these days, you see so many people wearing the same clothes and I think, oh, I don't like that. I like being completely different. All right, if you go to a Paul Weller gig, 99.9% .9 of the people will dress the same, but that's because you're there in, you know, you're watching Jesus in my soul, or you're watching God, isn't you? So, you you know, you got to, it's like you're going to church in your uniform, but... That's because you found, you, you found your, you found your gang, you found your team. What were your first live gigs then? Were you were you going straight? Were your first live gig straight into uh, a mod scene, or or did you sort of make your way via pop concerts? And um, and I don't mean that as a backhanded compliment. No, no, no. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. The um one of the first gigs I ever went to actually was a Bad Manners gig in Brighton, and no I think way. I was yeah, I think I was underage as well. But you know, you got to do that. I went with who did I go with? I think you had to be. Had to be 17 or 18 or something to go to this gig and I was I was 16 but I went with a load of my mates and uh, all went on the train um, obviously wasn't drinking because I was underage and I don't believe in all that of uh, course of course we yeah of course <laughs> um, so I was sitting there with my Ribena and I remember going to the gig and I was because I, I loved uh, all my scar I love anything that's good you know mm. um, I love I love anything if it sounds good I listen to it and I remember going to this gig and it was in Concord 2 and he blew the place off because it was the first time I've ever been to a, a live gig, seen a crowd, a crowd were amazing, jumping up and down, moshing. And when he came on the crowd, uh, stage, he was just fantastic. Bust of Blood Vessel. Is that yeah. it? Bust of Blood Vessel? Yeah. Well, I was, I was just going to say that there's a, there's a massive, because I used to play with a ska band and there was a massive um, crossover with um, the mod crowd. Um, so that was in yeah. kind of uh, Manchester, um, and we used to get booked to play loads of mod scooter rallies, and yeah, it was interesting to see how much of a crossover there was. But we we supported Bad Manners at one point, and before I had known Bad Manners and Buster Blood Vessel as those funny ones who did the can can, and That's it, yeah. and, he, and he wore a little tutu and all that kind of stuff, but. My God, they're one of the best bands I've ever seen live. They were incredible, and he was he was on form because I think he had he had got really really big, and and the, I can't remember we we would we'd spoken to him, and he, he was talking about the fact that he used to drink um, sweet cider, in uh, pints of sweet cider, but he used to add sugar to to the sweet cider, and and but he gave up drinking and took up something else, and mm. um, I think he had his stomach stapled as well, so he was really kind of. He was looking sharp, and and you know he was he, he obviously had a lot more energy, um, but yeah, as a band, oh, they were oh, incredible. That they were, and that that's that's what I remember. What hooked me because so, when I saw him, he was the big round fellow, and everyone was shouting, you know, like you fat and all that, and you know, getting him going, and but the energy levels he had, and I was thinking, 
hang about. He should be out of breath. And um, that's the sugary sweet cider. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going back to you never know when he was um, ill. I I actually I did a gig myself at a place called Santa Pod. I think it was. I think it was called Tonic Festival. Or, but no, it wasn't. March of the Mods or something. I can't remember for the life of me. Sorry, but um, he was gigging, and and it was the first time because. After that first gig, I remember waiting, like, you know, sad of me. I waited out the back, so I thought, oh, I'll go and meet him, get me, get this little poster signed. And uh, he never come out. The bloke come out, he's like, oh, sorry, lads, he's all gone. So me and my mates bowled off. And um, I told him the story when I met him. I said, um, we were both in the green room having a chat, and I was showing him some card tricks and that. And uh, his, his words were, I've never heard of you, like that. And I said, no, that's all right. I said, you will heard of me. And he said, right, let's have a bet. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your name, like this time next year. I want to hear that, you know, the magic mods, you know, basically wants to hear that I've done a bit more than what I've already done. And um, he said, I said, oh, I'll do my best. He said, if you don't, I'll find you and I'll sit on you. And I was thinking, <laughs> right, I honestly, and he did, and me and him, he, we wrote, he, he wrote, I didn't have a bit of paper, so I managed to find a receipt in my pocket, and I've got this memorabilia book, and he, he wrote All the Best Magic Mod Love Buster, and um, me and him had a massive chat, and he was just so lovely to see, you know, like, we were talking about the, the, the days when he was, because he was seriously overweight, mm. and then he was telling me he had to, obviously he was going to die, and we were having a good chat, and he, he was just lovely to see. And he was just such a funny bloke, honestly. I, I couldn't stop laughing. That that first gig then? Yes. Bad Manners, your first gig. Yeah. You were absolutely attracted to that front man, that oh, performer. The, uh, and you mentioned as well the, the crowd jumping up and down. Were, yeah. Is that it? Were you hooked then on live gigs? Yes. Did, then, did you just then start going to gigs all the time? As many as I could do, yeah. Because, I mean, still, you know, like any parents, they worry. My mum didn't really want me going around listening, you know, on me. Well, it's never on me, but we, with my mates um, going out on the Saturdays watching watching the gigs and that. Uh, but, you know, she, I was I was always a good kid, to be fair. She probably did said you differently. Did Brighton? But, no, I, I, West Sussex, Crawley, but I've always, all the gigs I've been to have either been uh, to Brighton, um, or so the gig, the second gig I went to was actually in Brighton, and it was, I believe it was like three weeks after the Bad Manners gig, and okay. it was uh, Paul Weller, and, and that to me, because that was a bit more, yeah, that was a bit more chilled out. And I managed to get a seat at the back. And I said to the mates, I said, no, I, I want to be down the front. So what we did is we ran downstairs and we literally, like, there was about three of us. And we, we just we just steamed past this security bloke before, because obviously check your tickets. I mean, we had a ticket anyway, but I was like, I'm not sitting at the top because it was just people just sitting there, you know, um, <laughs> basically like it's a light, like a cinema. And I was what like, I want to be down there it? jumping. With Brighton Centre, Brighton Centre. Oh, Brighton Centre. And and how old would you have been? What year was this? What what year of? So this would have been two thousand and six, seven. I think I was. I think so. The first one, I'm sure. Bad manners. I'm sure I was sixteen. And this was. It was three weeks or something before my birthday. So this one, I was seventeen. Uh, my memory's doing all right, to be fair. And <laughs> I just remember it because my mates bought it as a as a surprise because they knew I loved them. And he went, "Oh, we got you this ticket," and I was like, "Oh, brilliant." But then half of our mates, was, like, as I said, were sitting that standing downstairs and there was three of us all sitting upstairs and we could see them and I was like, I ain't having none of this. So we just we just ran past the security guard, got in the crowd and of course he ain't going to come in there, is he? But well, as I said, we didn't do nothing wrong. We were just, I wanted to be there enjoying myself and not sitting down like I'm watching the Titanic or something. <laughs> I love, that's, that's not a bad first couple of gigs, is it? Bad Manners and, and Paul Weller.
there's a, there's a, I've got a good story for my 18th birthday um, about madness. They were playing in Epsom, Epsom Downs Racecourse. And oh, yeah. me and my mates, we all went up there for my 18th. Uh, obviously, had a few beers and we, we bet on the horses because, of course, I was 18. I, I, was, I was making the most of it. And uh, <laughs> we tried to get tickets because we thought, because we had a t- day tickets going to the races, that we could go and watch the madness as well. But, oh, no, we were wrong. We couldn't. So we got turfed out. So we said, we've got to go in there. It's madness. We've got to go and watch this. So this bloke, anyone want a ticket? Anyone want? Oh, God, yeah, that's me. Go on, mate, over here. So this geezer's come up to me and he said, yeah, mate. I said, how much do you want? He said, no, no, you're right. Just take them. And just as I went to take them, this bloke's got in front of me. He goes, there you go, mate. There's 20 quid. And I thought, hold up. What's going on here? So he snatched the tickets off this bloke. He's given him 20 quid. And then he's turned to me and my mates. He goes, right, 40 quid each, boys, if you want to go in there. And I'm thinking... <sighs> That's unreal. He's done us like a kipper. He was one of them touts. But the bloke yeah. was generally, uh, uh, the bloke was generally going to give us these tickets. And I was gutted. I was honestly to the point where I said, Do you know what? I'm going home. I'm, I can't handle it. So the boy, the, me, me mate said, Come on, let's go down here. There's the pub right next to Epsom Racecourse. I said, Let's go in there and we'll be able to hear it from the, from the, the garden, which of course you could have. But I wanted to be in there. So anyway, we're walking down. And we've heard all this crowd like, Sug, Sug, over here, Sug, Sug, let's have a photo. What's going on here? And I've looked behind me, and literally behind me was, was the whole band, like like two meet, like a metre away from me. I said, boys, boys, we're in, somehow we've managed to get in, like somehow we've managed to get in front of the band, and everyone's trying to get photos and that. And um, I've got this here, I know it's a podcast, but that was the photo of me and that from there. Can you see that? Is that so Ben right? is showing us the photo yeah up him with with sugs and the band we'll put that we'll put uh, that photo up on the website and you can see the race course bit behind owners and train so you see where it says owners and trainers only right yeah some we stayed in with them and next thing you know all all three of us are in the actual venue and we haven't paid for a ticket so we've got to see them by sneaking in with the band god knows how it happened because we were just <laughs> going to walk to the pub and then all of a sudden as i said i looked behind and the band were sort of getting escorted so we got a photo and they were like i was chatting i said oh it's my birthday and i remember such just saying just walk in with us boys you know and we walked in no one said anything and then we just ran off straight to the bar and we were we were right at the front and i was like yeah that that's that don't happen often when it does you've got to make the most of that yes that is a win i think i did i managed to find a ticket um, which was obviously being thrown on the floor and I just kept it as a little bit of a a keepsake because that was amazing you know the whole fact of getting a quick photo and his exact words were I'm not stopping because we're a bit late anyway mate so just carry on walking with us and boom just went straight in there well I was going to ask you um, um, well I I think we've answered this question already because I'm I'm looking at where you're sitting and you've got stuff framed on walls and you've got the libertines there and um, uh, so I was going (laughs) to ask do do you keep your ticket stubs and merchandise uh, yeah I do I mean these ones here these ones here I've been fortunate enough to perform with myself so I'm, yeah. I'm always like I like to be reminded of you know because everyone as, as an off day it's good to wake up and rem- remind yourself that you you've done some good you know you, you've managed to achieve some of your dreams in life so that's uh, and and for the listener Ben is surrounded he's sat in his room and his his walls and ceilings uh, are covered in framed pictures posters gig tickets yeah. cards which I'm assuming you've used in tricks you are yeah. surrounded by memorabilia what's your what's your favorite piece if you just had there's going to be a fire in your house no, that's a bit dramatic oh yeah steady on me. we started one off well thing, <laughs> one thing in that room 
I've got Come these on. finals in there, and I would probably grab. The, do you know what? Ain't going to be one thing. I would grab this. Okay, you can use your two hands so you can fill. Oh, two hands. hands. I'd grab this. These two posters here, because that's a picture of me at Kentish Town, uh, comparing for Pete Doherty. Obviously, I was doing magic there. I'd grab. I've got um, all ModCon's album signed by Weller there, and in my vinyl box, I, I was very fortunate and I, or very very grateful i was i've actually i'm in the credits of one of paul weller's last albums so i've got that i would grab that and and i would just i'd run into the sunset (laughs) (laughs) i love that i love that that was yeah because them them they're they're priceless to me because you know it's something you know i mean even talking about it a magician getting credited in in paul weller's last album well do you know i want to go on to that i'm just going to say though for our listeners we're going to get ben to take a, a, a load of pictures for us and we'll put them on the website or th- that he you know wants to share with us because um, yeah we we get people on social media ben sending us pictures of their gig tickets and memorabilia it's, it's great we love it chris and i love that so i can't wait to see what else you've got no there. i do that straight i do that straight after i just um i i, I keep all my tickets and i was just gonna here it comes you, the magic folder ben is um, the magic here folder. it is here it is um he's showing us folder and it's a ticket bad manners where is he Oh, hang on. Hang on. Let me click on this. I'm new Bad to... Bad uh... Manners. Where, where is that? Because the light's shining on it, Chris. All right. Can you see a little bit? Yeah, Bad Manners. There we are. Oh, so was that, was that when you were playing with Bad yeah. Manners? Yeah. the ticket from when yeah, you were Yeah, kept the ticket. Yeah, so we, it, was a, it was a good couple of weeks because we did Bad Manners um, on the 12th of December. This is 2005. So actually, it was probably around about the time that you saw them then. Um, and then the follow- about three weeks later, we supported the beat at the same, at the same venue. Oh, yeah, the beat. Um, but yeah, and it was all filled with Scooter Boys. What was the band you were in, Chris? They were called the Uplifters. The Uplifters. Yeah, yeah that rings a bell. That oh have... no, it's no, amazing. No, this would be no, amazing. I'm sure I've heard. I'm sure. Honestly, I'm sure. I was with them for uh, about a, a year and a half, something like that. Um, and... Right, listener, we shall end the podcast here whilst <laughs> Chris and Ben talk about the Uplifters. Thank you for joining us on the Gig Stories podcast. No, they're still going. They're still going, actually. I, I left kind of 2006, 2007. Was it musical differences? Yeah, we don't want to get into that. <laughs> now, what I want to know, Mad, is you've, you've, toured, you've toured right with the Libertines, uh, Pete Doherty when he's going out on his, uh, on his own, uh, and we should give a big shout out to Jack Jones here because mm, uh, Jack lovely Jones trampoline yes. who, uh, plays with Pete and I know we both know Jack I love I love him and trampoline um uh, you've you've been uh, you supported Reverend and the Makers how, how does a magician wangle that? How did that? Yeah, because we were we were talking about this before, weren't we, Alex? And, it, and <laughs> yeah. we were trying to think because it, it's almost in the same kind of ballpark as uh, a band being supported by a comedian or or a poet. And I've seen I've seen several poets on the, on the bill with bands, but the, there's that same difficulty, I suppose, where people are going to and expecting music, but then you kind of bring in down and bringing a, a kind of hush and a and a concentration i mean it must be one of the most difficult gigs to do oh god yeah um just just quickly going back to the jack jones uh, from trampoline he's brilliant every time we're together we always bounce off each other Whoa. oh it, you are my yeah. gosh. i tell you what you are you're going to be a great dad let me tell you <laughs> yeah you've got all <laughs> the shite jokes you've got right. the dad patter <laughs> sorted. I, I thought it was good to be fair like, i thought of it in the end i said i'm not letting this one slip no, I'm not this, this, one slip. this one deserves but, an audience of two. Yes, thank you. I'm here all week. So to your question, 
is yeah it was hang on what was the question what was the it question like? was <laughs> that, yeah, it must because Sorry. because audiences are expecting a band and music you're you're expecting them to concentrate and give full attention to something which is you know it's different yeah. it's different and small you know it's detail um and so it must be a, a really difficult a difficult thing to do yeah so so the first time i did it um I was very lucky Mr. Weller asked me, he said, do you want to come and do a few dates with us? Hang on. So that's the first time you supported a, a musical artist? Yeah, yeah. And it was I Paul did. Weller? Yeah, Hammersmith Apollo. In 30 seconds, explain how that happened. How did you yeah, know who they were? And how did seconds. you go, you know, come support me on tour? We, we had a lot of mutual friends in Steve Craddock and um, uh, um, we just... It's, and Johnny Johnny Harris, you must have heard of the, the British yeah. actor. He was in a lot of fantastic films, and and um, Mark Baxter. And somehow Paul ended up getting one of my cards. And on a night out, I've, I had a few shandies, and and I got a text saying, "This is Paul Weller. I've heard a lot about you. Um, would you mind teaching my son some magic?" And I looked at my phone and thought, "No, nah, that's a wind up." So I put my phone back <laughs> in my pocket. <laughs> had a couple more shandies, and uh, next thing you know. I've got a call and it was him. I was like, oh shit. And that was it, mate. We, we, we've been, this was in, I've got it on here, 2015 we first met in August, 2015. And no um, I'm, I'm, I've got nothing but love and respect for him because he's helped me and my career so much. He's given me fantastic life-changing advice and he's really helped me as much as he can. And he just said, would you like to do a couple of, would you like to perform at some of my shows? And what I did was I was going around the auditoriums and the, the backstage areas and on the floors, performing magic, uh, close-up magic to people. And I just thought, this is unbelievable. You know, my hero growing up, someone I absolutely idolise, and I've made a friendship with him, and he's given me this opportunity. So I did two nights in Hammersmith Apollo and, and one night in Brighton Centre, uh, as I and said, were you just, actually on the stage as well, though? Not on these ones, no. These were just so round because I didn't know how it would work on the stage. Right, so okay. I was just going round and performing close-up magic with cards to people, and it was brilliant. And, and as I say, from then on, it hooked me to make me think I want to do this, um, you know, on a stage. And I, as I say, I've got nothing but love and respect for Paul for giving me that opportunity because if I messed up... When when would you then... Because this, this is what really excites me. I mean, that is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Do you then go and watch the gig, like, on side of stage or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was standing... No, no, sorry, let me rephrase that. I, I stood by the side of the stage for about to watch the band walk in and then I, I just standed in with everyone else because that's that's where you enjoy it you know I, I was standing yeah. with people I think I was standing with uh Johnny Harris for one of the gigs I'm sure I was and uh Martin Freeman was there as well um, he's a big mod yeah I was standing next to him for a bit and performed some magic to him and it was just brilliant you know what I mean it was it was a great opportunity and like I said I think that's it, it really did pushed me on to want to go and perform on a stage which two years uh, a year after i did that with the libertines and that was so that they was had, had in fact you know what we should just give props and shout out to paul weller because to anyone who's listened to all episodes of the gig stories podcast so far there's a few things that keep coming up lonnie donigan is great yeah everyone's had a really really bad bob dylan gig and <laughs> Paul Weller is amazing. Catherine Williams, yeah. the wonderful singer-songwriter, we had her on, is that episode two, Chris? 
three? That was interview two. Uh, so episode three. She 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 told us a story where she had a text from Paul Weller telling her, oh, I've just listened to your latest album or this song. It's absolutely brilliant. She's like, what? This is like the nicest guy ever. So he Paul is. Weller, he, yeah. I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> well, I also get the impression that he's quite a kind of sentimental, well, not sentimental, but he, he's got a real um, uh, sense of uh, place and heart. I mean, the, another drummer that I interviewed and photographed was um, a drummer called Clem Catini, and he had played with loads of bands, session drummer, and he played on over 40 number one hit singles. But he also he played on um, the Walker Brothers, Sun Ain't Gonna Shine Anymore. He, yeah. he did that wow. drum beat, this iconic drum beat. But yeah, um, Weller got in contact with him, and Clem must have been in his 70s, early 70s, um, when he got in contact and said, Clem, I want you to play on my new album, this one track. I want this Walker wow. Brothers feel. And he's the drummer on No More Tears to Cry. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's got a real Walker Brothers feel. But he was looking for that authenticity. And I think that's the word, authenticity. He he likes that that, that sense of um, belonging. And, and, and he obviously thought that what you did was authentic as well. I think that's, it's, it's quite yeah. a, a, a nice thing to have. In there. Yeah, uh, he just stands the test of time, Paul, doesn't he? I mean, you think he's... He's no. Every, he's been about. He's never stopped, really, has he? I mean, from Jam, Style Council, and then to all his solo albums, he's brought out. And the thing is, I just—he's the only person, in my opinion. He's changed. He—he just—he goes through all these different diversities in music, if you could say that word. You know, he just keeps on changing it a bit. You know, he's done some sort of country listening songs, some folky jam, me. And it's just, it's amazing. What is it about, because I, I love Paul Weller and, um, and, and I want to find out more about you and live music as well, though. What is it about Weller that you like live? What, what, is, that, just, what is that draw for I you? Remember when, I, when I saw him walk on the stage, it's just yeah. the presence that he has. Just yeah. like, you can't take your eyes off him. Like, you're just like, he's still got that, like what the jam had, that rawness, that aggressiveness, the, the aggression, sorry, the sort of arrogance of him on the front, you know, giving it the big one. And I love that. It's, it's, he's never stopped being that youngster who was in the jam, who fronted for him. You know, when you watch him live still, he's still got that bit about him where you think, oh God, yeah, we're, we're, we're in the presence of greatness here. Do you know what I mean? There's very few people who can yeah. still belt off a song and play like he does and well he's a godlike genius isn't it i'd like to see him live again pretty soon because i've not seen him for a long time actually probably since when you saw him which was in the mid 2000s when i was working yeah. at cardiff arena but his his latest stuff his past two albums are possibly some of the best he's he's made he's oh really, mate unbelievable talk about purple patch so i'd i'd um you know, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to see him again live. So anyway, so you support him. The Libertines get in touch. Yeah. Because Pete Doherty. Well, the Libertines one was a was a funny one. I was doing a gig for Virgin Radio. Um, I can't think what it was. Maybe it was their birthday or or something like that. They they had this gig in the building opposite the Shah, the news office building or something like that. And I think they had. Oh, who's the band who sung? They had a CD player, player. Feeder. That, yeah, that's the one. They were performing. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe I forgot then. They were performing and I was doing a bit of magic. And um, I went back to the dressing room. Well, it wasn't a dressing room. It was an office. I'm glamming it up a bit. <laughs> I went back there and they. I had a missed call from Carl Barrett. And I thought, oh, what's this about? So I called it back and uh, Pete answered. Hello, mate. All right. It's Pete. I was like, fucking hell, brilliant, mate. I was like, because it's the first time I spoke to him. And I've, I've always idolised Pete because I think he's a songwriting genius, you know. And he it's a shame that, you know, he, he doesn't often get remembered for how talented he is. But he, he um, 
spoke to me. He's like, yeah, we want you on tour, mate. We want you to come tomorrow. Where are you, mate? Glasgow. I was like, I'm in, I'm in London, so I ain't going to get a flight straight away. I was like, I'm not sure I'll go down well in Glasgow, mate. He's like, listen, for every bottle that they fry at you, it's a symbol of love, mate. Just, that's, just remember that, he said. <laughs> I was like, all right, all right, all right. I was like, where, where are you next playing? He's like, all right, we're playing next um, we're ne next Friday. Can you tell he's on like 50 a day with that voice? He's like, yeah, we're playing next um, next Friday. We're playing Warrington Par Hall, mate. I'm like, all right, mate, I'll be there, mate. I will be there. And then I thought I was just performing around the crowd like I did with Paul. And they went, nah, you're getting on that stage, my son. I was thinking, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> but it worked, to be fair. Like, I was a bit nervous, but, but without, I rushed it. And that's something I wish I didn't do. The first time I rushed it a bit and then I didn't want to stop. So I carried on and I carried on. And, and you know, I had people laughing. Some bloke said, where did you get your... Some bloke shouted out something. Where did you get your roll neck from? Or something like that. <laughs> and I, I, me being me, I just replied back saying, oh, it was a gift from your mum last time I went round there. And... Uh, <laughs> People after that, I think people enjoyed it because you know if I just if I was like oh, oh I don't know what to say you know then they would torment you but if you say something back that's it really isn't it yeah and I used did, to have some great did you have um, a, ca a camera on your uh, your your hands and the screen behind or was it just that's it yeah so uh, Warrington we had a camera uh, looking at my hands and the, the big screen and the next day we played at whole arena and we didn't have a camera and this was whole arena. So I'm performing oh, these tricks. Man. I'm performing these tricks and I'm like, can you see that at the back? And you hear people going, no, I'm like, well, you should have got here earlier because it's fantastic from the front. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I was just having nice. a bit of banter with them. But it's... And so were you, was there a band on after you, a support band on after you, or were you the only support and then Libertines oh, are on? No. So uh, Warrington Trampoline performed. Yeah. And whole there was a band called the Paddingtons, which were a local band, and Locke is well performed, which Colbert's missus was in. Uh, still is in, sorry, should I say? Um, and then we played Lowersloft, uh, Plymouth, Margate. We played some fantastic venues, and and um, I, I've always kept. You were coming out on stage first. Oh God, yeah, mate. You know, I was there. I was there, and and like the um the people said, you know, no one when I was there, no one walked out because they wanted to see who this magician was. You know, it's it's something different. You know, they... let's watch the magician die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you didn't. No, no. Well, you know, listen, you get some bad like enemy gave me a bit of a bad review but like I say I said I only ever bought the enemy if I run out of toilet paper so I'm not really bothered about that <laughs> and the I, I just realized you got someone on there next week from the enemy and yeah, yeah we cut that bit out <laughs> 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 no but like they said they said to me um they did a review uh from my gig uh uh Margate they had someone there and I wish at the time that I saw them because it, they, they gave me a bit of a bad review. They, they said, oh, the, the next up was a shambolic magician whose uh, outwitted comedy didn't phase the crowd or something like that. But I was thinking, were you at that same gig, mate? Because people were laughing at what I was doing. And I did a trick where it looked, uh, I did the six cards where I had six cards, I threw away three, but I've still got six. I threw away another three, I've still got six. But I made it look like I was doing it wrong. So, and then I showed Pete X, it, it annoyed me a bit. I said, look, mate, I, I'm not really too happy about this. He said, listen, mate, you, because I would try to do a similar trick to like Tommy Cooper's effect. He went, 
Tommy Cooper, look at him. People class these magic as shambolic, so I wouldn't worry about it. And then I found out the lad who did the review, like I said, I don't care because it's people's opinions. Mm. You know, it's different, isn't it? Music and to magic, you know, no one's going to know. But you mean you did find out his name? You did track him down? No, I did track him down. I just, for for a while last year, I found out who he was and I used to tag him in every Magic Mod Monday because, like, with with all these people saying, oh, mate, you're brilliant, this is brilliant. (laughs) And we just tagged this geezer in here like that. And uh, I tagged him, I tagged him in it with the word shambolic magic and just tagged him in it. I'm like, have some of that, mate. (laughs) Because he did, don't get me wrong, I'm not a bit like, it's people's jobs to review a gig, right? And he obviously didn't enjoy magic, which is, it doesn't bother me at all because magic's not everyone's cup of tea. But, you know, I just it, it, at the time it upset me because that was my first sort of big gig and I didn't want that to be have that as a memory of oh I, I was shambolic yeah. you know yeah. so it did annoy me a bit but you've got the memory of the live event happening and, and the reaction oh yeah happened. were you able then after before we move you on to the quick fire round oh god were you able then at those gigs just to you you've, were you able then just to relax and, and enjoy the gigs well, yeah, and no, because when I ran in the crowd, people were coming up to me, which was amazing, absolutely amazing. And I had people saying, you know, you had people, I, I didn't understand it. Could you exp- could you show me the trick you did? And then you had people <laughs> saying, mate, unbelievable. And, you know, it was, it was amazing because it was, I wouldn't say a superstar, and I, and I wouldn't say it was like I was famous because I, I don't class what I do as, as being in the public eye, or, or to be famous, sorry, because I'm just a normal lad who's been very privileged to, to live an absolute dream but people were coming up to me and asking me and talking to me and what's Pete like what's this and I was like I can't really enjoy the gigs so most of the gigs I, I stood to the side because I just had to because people which like I said it was, it was beautiful but it was just like oh can you get this sign from Pete can you do it and I was thinking oh god do you know what I mean let me watch the gig do you know what I mean there was there was one other question I was going to ask just because you mentioned Tommy Tommy Cooper and you know famously his his tricks would go wrong and in the same yeah. way in the same way, um, when Les Dawson played the piano, um, and my mum was a music teacher, and she always used to say, you can't do that unless you're really good. You can't, no, no. You can't play the right wrong notes to make it funny, because he would, he would do that. And, and it's the same with, with Tommy Cooper, I'm guessing. It, that he, was, he was a talented magician who was able to then get it wrong on purpose. and It's harder. Yeah, like you just said, mate, you've just nailed it. You've hit the nail on the head. It's harder to get it wrong than it is to get it right. And, you know, that's what sometimes I try and relive their moments because they're people who've inspired me, the Tommy Coopers, the Paul Daniels. So when I do try and replicate a trick, I'm performing into people that are living at Teens Gig who most of them haven't even heard of Tommy Cooper or Paul Daniels because yeah. it's not yeah. their sort of interests, is it? So when I am performing that, sometimes it's a bit of a tumbleweed moment and people don't understand. But yeah. for me, you know, I know that I've, I've done it the right way who I've wanted to. And when you have, I did, like, there was, um, where was it? Lowest Loft. There was a small, we played a small little venue and there was these, um, uh, this, this old, uh, people who remember Tommy Cooper and Paul Daniels and they got me at the end and they said, you know what, mate, that was phenomenal the way you did that. So I did this, Tommy Cooper used to do this, this um, dove trick where he had a, he had a paper bag and he'll blow the bag up. <laughs> and next thing you know, I will produce a live dove. And he smashes the bag and all these feathers come out. He goes, I won't do that. And, and I performed that trick. Obviously, I didn't put the voice on, but I said, right, from this paper bag, this is a belter. You're going to watch closely. It's a one-hit wonder this. I will produce this live dove. And I've blown this bag up and I've smashed it. But I've, I remember doing it... Um, at one venue, I've put too many feathers in it, right? And I'm not even joking. They've gone all over, right? <laughs> and and they went all over the amps, all over pit, like the music, like the um, 
the, the it just went over everything. I made an absolute mess. And some people got it, but some people were like, well, oh. and I'm like, you know, that, that's the difference between some people listen to people like um, Dapper Laughs and stuff like that and think they're funny. But for me, people who make me laugh are like the Tommy Coopers and the, who was the bloke with the, who, oh, what's his name? The one with the um, Feather Duster. You t- uh, uh, Ken Dodd. Ken, Ken Dodd. Oh, yeah. my God. I was watching him the other day. <laughs> well, obviously on YouTube. And uh, it, it, the, the stuff he, he was so funny. The, what, the, the quickness. It was a, an audience with Ken Dodd. And he was just so quick. He's, he's pat or everything. You love, you love all the oldies, don't you? You love all the yeah, oldies. Mate. Oh, I like, yeah, mate. I used I like I that. I used to like, uh, um, what's he called? Um, Norman Wisdom. I used to love all that stuff. I've got yeah. a box set. Norman Wisdom, Laura Hardy and Charlie Chaplin, all that stuff. Silent movies I used to love as well. Because to make something funny without actually saying something, <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I love, I love that. that I, I, I love your references. Let's take you through the quick fire round. Oh yeah, quick fire. And um, favorite live band, the Rifles. Right. You've seen them a few times. Oh god, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, loved them. But uh, easily double figures. You know, maybe for 30, 30, 30 odd times. They're in Pigeon Detectives. I like live actually. They're oh, very okay. good live. Right. Okay. Pigeon Detectives. My fourteen-year-old daughter in the past few weeks has just started playing the Pigeon Detectives. Phenomenal, mate. Out, out of the blue, because they're not someone I play at home. And I was like, oh, where'd you get that from? And she yeah. said, oh, it's just coming up on my Spotify. So You see them live, mate. They are fantastic. Okay. I'll take your word for that, because I, I, I don't think I've ever seen them live. So, Very good live, mate. Best ever gig. Best ever gig. Where you were just like, this, that was it. It doesn't get better than this. Most of the gigs, when you're at a certain age, you can't remember. And I'm sure you two will... Uh... What do you mean? I remember everything. Yeah, you, you you know exactly what I mean. Don't uh, <laughs> don't try and play it under the carpet, mate. That's why we keep all our tickets, basically. Yeah, exactly. That's why I try and at least I rock. Yeah, I'm similar to that. But anyway, um, the gig I really did like the most was at Hyde Park, and it was um, the lot. The whole lineup was unbelievable. It's British summertime, I think. Uh, it was the Who, Paul Weller, Johnny Marr, uh, the Rifles. And Miles Kane come on and performed with um, Paul Weller as well. They did that's entertainment, I think. And I think the Kaiser Chiefs were there as well, but that's when I was at the bar. That is a cracking lineup. That is a cracking. Oh, that lineup. was 2010, 11, I think. Yeah. Something like yeah. That. It was unbelievable. Like it was just one of them gigs you just had to sort of be there. And the Who were oh, they were fantastic live. Absolutely. Um, what was your worst ever gig? Uh, oh, actually, I took my mum to watch Peter Andre once. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> no, prop, yeah. So I bought her a ticket, like, from her and my dad, and my dad was like, yeah, I can't go into that shit. I was like, oh, right. I've got to go to it, have I? So, I've heard that he's a lovely man. He is. Do you know what, right? Going off the subject, I met him once, bumped into him, and my mum idolises him. So I said, can I get you a sign this, mate? I do magic and stuff like that. I told him a bit about me, and we had a really lovely chat. And in the end, I just managed to get a photo of me and him. But he was—he was, he is a fantastic, really nice, genuine bloke. But I didn't want to go to his concert because it's not my sort of music. But um, I found myself tapping my feet, which I'm a bit embarrassed to say. I, I, enjoyed, it. I enjoyed it a little bit, but... Um, oh. 
I, I remember, <laughs> I remember it starts, don't, don't, I can still, I'm still scarred from it. Magical mod, <laughs> Alex, put your top back on, put, put your top back on, <laughs> but, yeah, put the oil away. No wants to see that, mate. <laughs> we, uh, I remember when he was on, I left my mum there and bless her, she was loving it to the point where she didn't realise that I was gone for about 40 minutes and I was just standing at the bar, like, just having a few, honestly, I, I, I couldn't, I watched a little bit, but it worked my thing. Like, he'd done a lot but of covers and stuff. you went, you took your mum, good on you. Yeah, you did proper son work. Yeah, so going, I wouldn't say it was the worst gig, but, you know, it was it was good for her, but it was not my music. And I, as I said, he is a nice person, but it's not my cup of tea. But again, he's another one that's propped up, and I'll just say I've met him a few times. He's been lovely every time. Yeah, 100%. He's a, he's a genuine Good person. You, Mr. Andre. Yeah, I feel bad now for slating his gig. You, you haven't slated his gig. You just said that it was you, you like were the it. wrong audience. <laughs> you were the wrong audience. Yeah, but everyone else was having a good time. But I think I was, uh, honestly, I was just surrounded by all these, like, well, it was just all the women, wasn't it? And I was just like, this. Well, no, I couldn't see no other geezer there, and I was like, no other geezer. No, honestly. <laughs> and there's, I turned up in a parker as well, and I just thought, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand out here, and I. <laughs> What's your best ever moment at a gig? And, and that can cover a lot of things. Sometimes it's perhaps a special guest that comes on, or sometimes, like I saw Beck, and he collapsed on stage. Medics took him off, and then everyone's worrying, and there's a panic, and then you heard this announcement. Elvis is in the building. And he came on stage resurrected as Elvis. Just oh, so he'd, he'd done a kind of James Brown thing where he falls to the ground and then has to be helped up. But he yes. went the full hog and got the, the, the ambulance drivers. And I just, everyone just laughed. And he did the encore as Elvis. And I just thought, that's one of the best things I've ever seen at a gig. So what, what, what's your best, it doesn't have to be funny one like, what's your best moment? This is a like? good one. This is, I went to Concord 2 uh, to see Miles Kane. And that's Brighton, isn't it? Concord. Brighton, yeah, and I've never met Miles or anything like that. And and he said, "Oh, I've got a special, uh, got a special guest coming on. Please welcome my good friend Paul Weller." And I thought, "Hold up, that's my ticket right there." Hello. So uh, when Paul come off, they played, um, they did a T Rex song together. Uh, I can't think what it was. Should, no, get it on or something. I can't think what it was. Wow. But they played a fantastic cover of T Rex. And then when he Paul walked off, I, I went round the back. The gig was still on. And I tapped on the window, and he saw it was me. And and he said, "Who were you with?" I just said, "Oh, just a couple of my mates." He said, "Come in here, mate. Come in here." And me and him were watching it from the side. Like Paul was in front of me, and I was like leaning over his shoulder watching the gig, the rest of the gig. And then when Miles came, come off after Paul's like, "I'm going now. Can can Ben stay here and watch the rest of the gig and that?" And, he was lovely to me and, and I performed a few tricks after. And for me, because I didn't expect that to happen. So to just go to a gig and to, to end up meeting the, the performers was an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. So I would say that's a, that's a fantastic moment for me. Mm. Well, we've all watched gigs from the side of stage with Paul Weller, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. That was brilliant. It was brilliant because um, I've, I've always idolised uh, Miles Kane. I thought he was a fantastic musician and I very, you know, managed to keep in touch and, and see him every time he performed in Brighton. 
managed to sort me out of tickets, which was very lovely of him. And I always return the favour by doing a little bit of magic and that. Um, last, last in the quick fire round, I think you've probably answered it, but your favourite performer, your front, favourite front man or front woman, would it have to be Weller? Yeah, see, I, but I try not to make it obvious. So I was going to say Steve Marriott. I've always liked the, um, the small faces and Steve Marriott. Mm. That voice is unbelievable. But of course, it's going to be Paul Weller for everything he's done and for everything... Yeah, I just think he's he's just unbelievable. I can't find myself saying any other name. No, that's fair it is. That was a good quick fire, actually. No, normally they take about three times as long. So um, thanks, Ben. That was great. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, fantasy Festival. We're going to ask you quickly about um, Fantasy Festival. You you are curating your own festival. Who is on the lineup? You've got four bands. Dead or alive. Ooh. Any? Go on. Go on. Any then. So who is who is opening? Who's the, who's the first band on? I'd have the Rifles. Yeah. Not a magician. You wouldn't have Dynamo. <laughs> who's she? <laughs> nice. I'd have uh, I'd have the Rifles. I would have followed by this. Ain't going to be quick at all, mate. I would have the, right the Jammer headline in it. I'd have the Rifles. Okay. All right. Jump in straight there. So you've got the Jammer headlining. Million the percent. rifles are, are breaking everyone in there. Come on, get in. Yeah. And then I'd have the DMAs as well. I really do like them. Oh, I love DMAs. And I would have I would have um, Noel Gallagher doing an acoustic set. Okay. And Noel's on just before the jam. Yeah, definitely. But it's going to change. Like, if you asked me in five minutes' time, it'd be different. But off the top of my head, that would be a fantastic festival. And I think they're all alive as well. So. We have uh, chewed your ear off, and so we've got a. I could I could talk more and more with you. It's been so no, much it's fun. It's been a pleasure, mate. I've enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure. We like to. Uh, in fact, before we, we ask you your very last question, Chris and I, we do try to get a recommendation uh, of, of a live band that perhaps Chris and I haven't seen. So when this is all over, and I yeah. don't know, who knows? By the time this episode goes out, we might all be at gigs. Who knows? Which band should we go and see live that you just think they are absolutely brilliant? I mentioned a band that haven't, you know, they've been out for a while, but you said you haven't seen them, Pigeon Detectives. I'd recommend seeing them. But as far as new music, I recommend uh, the Regency. Um, Dino from the Rifles is in them. And some of their music they've been bringing out during lockdown has been mustard. We'll find some links. We'll we'll pop a video on and... um... Yeah, we'll do that. To finish, um, a, a live track, it could be an album, it could be, but because we're, we're particularly concerned with live music, um, what, what should we watch? I, I'm going to give you a couple. So live gig, I would go for The Jam live in Birmingham. What year is that from? That's, I think it was 70, no, it was 82, I think it was, 1982. It was either 81 or 82 in Birmingham. Is that a recorded album or is that... No, no, it's the whole gig. It's the whole gig. I'm online? Sure online, yeah, YouTube. Wow, okay, I'm on sure YouTube. I'm sure it's 82. I'm sure it's 81 or 82. It's one of them. And live song, I would go for a sad song by Liam Gallagher. Uh, his MTV um, whole, whole thing he did, Unplugged Hole. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is, that is ooh, yeah, that's fantastic. Fantastic, right. Some great recommendations there, Will. Uh, we'll put links to them as well in the usual places, including on the Magic Mod's very own page on the Gig Stories website. So we'll have that. And as we said, we'll have uh, pictures of his memorabilia as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll take some of them. Yeah, yeah. I'll and, get them. 
and, and we'll find and put a link on of that wonderful review of your shambolic uh, magic. Listen, we're dropping that review out, mate. All right, I told you. <laughs> I've given that bloke no more. Do you know what, though? I'm not, I'm not bitter about it at all, really, am I? <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, we'll let you go and cry into your... Uh, into I'm going your for a run now, actually. Yeah, do it. Wow. Right. Magic mod, MM, Madge, the mod, Ben, Madge Ben's the mod. Team. Father to be. Father to be. Oh, the yeah. Lord Father to. Thank you so much for. No, you're for welcome, joining. mate. It's been an honour. It's been an honour. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for having me, lads. Good man. Thank you. Magic mod there. Thank you so much, Ben. <laughs> that was an absolute cracker absolute cracker it was it was loads of fun I, lo I loved everything about that i love i love hearing people who are passionate about something talk about whatever that is you know you could be passionate about i don't know garden snails and yeah. it, it it's it, i would enjoy listening to it because it's contagious and listening to him talk about <laughs> paul daniels how much he loves paul daniels and and then you know being a mod and what yeah. that means and i've always had a respect for people who dive straight into something like that an absolute a, a, a culture where it's clothes music film everything about it so yeah what a great interview and i told you that madness story i love that that they just walked into the gig with the back come on boys let's get through <laughs> Yeah, and the photo is on our website. Um, the photo of him with with Suggs and the and the lads um, just outside the was it the the enclosure the the trainers yeah. enclosure or something like that. <laughs> yes. Um, now related to that, we see and hear from him about uh, um, the memorabilia he's got. Now, I'm sorry, listener, but what? What you didn't hear is something he revealed at the end of the interview when we weren't recording. Oh, I'm so so basically now with any guest that we have on and we do the interview by Zoom, I'm not going to press stop until <laughs> they've gone because this this was absolutely brilliant. So um, Ben's got loads of memorabilia framed on his walls on his ceiling. Um, yeah. And you know he keeps loads of stuff. I mean he's he's as geeky as us, and it's great. I mean his walls look fantastic because a lot of the memorabilia is stuff that he has featured on. You know bills that he's been on with with the Libertines or Pete Doherty mm -hmm. or or uh, Weller or whatever. But um, yeah, do you want to tell it's the us? Best by the way, ever isn't it? Yeah, we just we'd say we. I think we pretty much said goodbye as well. And you go, oh, by the way, I have got. Oh okay. yeah, sorry, just just to, before we. <laughs> Um, we'd already asked him which which thing would you save if there was a fire in your house, and he yeah, didn't. That's he right, that's he right. didn't mention this thing. Oh. Now, oh. if anyone from the Hard Rock Cafe is listening, you need Don't. to get in contact with Ben yeah. and offer him a, a ridiculous amount of money because, <laughs> at one point, when oh, he um. was he was touring with the Libertines, he did he walk into a dress, the dressing room and he was wearing this smart coat and pete yes. said i want your coat yes. and uh, ben said right well i'll need something off you then and pete yep. said well what do you want and and ben said 
I want that red jacket. The <laughs> red jacket. The Libertines. The, the red yes. jacket. If you know anything about the Libertines, that's all you need to say. The red jacket. And the so... One on the covers. The one... Yes. So he picked up his phone and started walking around the house and in, into his room, and, and then he opened up the wardrobe. And on the bed, there was this reveal when me and Alex just both went, oh, What? What? <laughs> and it was the red jacket just lying on the, on the, on the bed there and signed... Exactly. But he got it signed to Magic Mod, so it's his now. By the whole band. By the whole band. And the manager was not happy and was trying to stop it from happening. And when the manager, and, you know, Ben said this to us, basically when the manager wasn't looking, Ben was, he just folded up and he was gone. But Peter that... agreed. Peter agreed to it. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. totally. Yeah, it's, totally. It's you not... know, there was nothing nefarious going on. This wasn't kind no, of some kind all. of dodgy deal. No, it, it was a trade. Pete's Pete's jacket gave it to, and that's the thing. What you know, Pete, there's a lot of things uh, about Pete Doherty in there, but I, I've met him, and uh, and and Ben has spent a lot of time with him, and he, he's he's a lovely guy. He's a lovely guy. But th- that jacket, I mean, I hate to bring, I hate to bring it to money, but that jacket is going to be worth. That's five figures. Money. That one. It's got got to be got to be five figures. Be. That I mean, it's one of is is one of the iconic images of the two thousands, isn't it? Musically, yeah, absolutely, it, absolutely incredible. So Ben, thank you so much. And he's just announced now. This is this is out on Monday, and Chris and I are uh, sat recording this on Saturday, just just before the FA Cup final is about to kick off, and uh, Ben has announced on his Twitter that he's got exciting news um, about a television program and that we're going to be able to see him perform his magic on the TV. And that's all I can tell you because that's all I know and that's all he's given us. So we don't know what format, what TV, anything, but he just said, keep an eye on his Twitter. So you can find him on Twitter at Magic Mod uh, and uh, hopefully we can all... You can all watch him on TV very yeah. soon. And if you haven't haven't checked him out on Twitter, is that his Twitter handle? I'm not sure that's his Twitter handle. Can we just check that? Because oh, I think yeah. I, I will I, I will check that now. I don't. I, um, I definitely don't want to get that wrong. We don't want fake news um, on this on this podcast. Oh no, of course not. No, he's um, at Taylor Mod, and it's capital T and then capital M. So at Taylor Mod. Uh, and and actually get on his Twitter feed because if you if you don't um, watch his Magic Mod Monday, he releases a, a just a, a short video uh, of a trick every Monday night, and it's great. And he's also got on there, um, you know, a, a trick he's done with Weller and, and and all kinds. It's just a lot of fun. It's a he's a he's a great guy, um, and I I love his tricks. So thank you so much, Ben. Thanks, mate. Um, can I just apologise? Yeah. Sorry. Um, if you hear a little buzzing in the background, we can. you can. Yeah, it's because wasp, it's the biggest one. It's a spring wasp. You know, the Whoa. wasps that you get in August or September are not the same size as the ones who have survived the winter. Jesus. Whoa. Did that, you see that? Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. Obviously, you're listening to this, but I'm on Zoom. <laughs> that badass just flew between Chris's screen's face. That was massive. I was like a pigeon. 
Get out. And the Get thing out is, of there now. The thing is, at the end of last summer, I can't remember if it was during lockdown, but a, a, a wasp stung me right on the neck. And I've not been stung by... I don't even think I've been stung by a wasp before. My God, that hurt. That was smarting for a good few days. Wow. Yeah, so I'm just a little bit wary because this one is big. This is a big old beast. So I'm going to dispose of it humanely. I'm not going to get the, uh, the spray out. I'm going to open the window and let some birds eat it. Listeners, if you are still listening, I have some terrible <laughs> news. Um, since we last heard from Chris, sadly, he didn't survive the the wasp attack, the wasp came back with a pickaxe and it was <laughs> it was a mess in that attic of Chris's. He, he just didn't stand the chance. It's the circle of life. Oh, Chris, you got better. Yes, Yay. you got better. <laughs> so, listeners, thank you so much for listening again. And remember to please get in touch with us on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Gig Stories Pod. And they can email us on the following address. Info at gigstoriespodcast.com. So send us what you like. Keep sending. We're happy to hear uh, from you with anything at all. Pictures of your memorabilia, your gig tickets. Have you got a scrapbook with all your gig tickets? Tell us about your favorite worst gigs and uh, any anecdotes you have. And if your band that you've been in has had a, a wonderful review that you've not read until sometime after the event, because I personally would love. Can anyone that. beat 23 years? Because I was bathing in the glow of these two positive reviews for 23 years. And then, <laughs> stupidly, using old Google, managed to find one which put me on a downer for the rest of the night. Overladen with saxes. You're having yeah, I always said that about Nimbus. There was far too many saxophonists. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we'll see you next time on the Gig Stories podcast. See you soon. Bye.